The Boston Bruins are coming off a 3-2 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 2, and Tuka Rass says the atmosphere felt like an exhibition game, and a few days later, he said he was going home to be with his family, so he is out of the bubble, he is done for the playoffs, it's a decision that he made himself, it's supported by his teammates, it's supported by lots of fellow competitors, however, some Tuka Rass critics feel he is putting the team in a tough spot, and they think he should have handled it differently. What happens to the Boston Bruins from here? Do they still have a shot at winning the Holy Grail in 2020? And what happens with Tuka Rask when his contract ends in 2021? Episode 232 of the Lace Em Up podcast starts right now. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Duboff. Been quite another eventful week yep. in the world of hockey, and we were blindsided by news that Tukaras was leaving the bubble, Brett, and uh, your Bruins are rolling with Yaroslav Halak from here. Sure, and it, I guess it's, it's interesting because if, like... I mean, I guess we'll get to it eventually, but it's interesting because this is what like, there's, as as you know, we've talked about this a bunch back when we had the Bruins send segment, but there's a bunch, like, uh, there's half half of the Bruins fans hate Tuka Rask and wanted Halleck to become the starter, um, and then others like me who appreciate Tuka Rask and understand that the, the Bruins would be a playoff team, like, there would be a mid-range playoff team at best. Um, without Rask, um, and Halleck helps Rask become the player that he is, and um, and I don't, and like we wouldn't even be in the Stanley Cup Finals without him last year, and certainly not in 2013 um, either. So, so yeah, the 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 Tuca haters finally get their their wish, but like they're gonna blame. They're gonna blame Tuca if uh, they lose. Um, so it's like you can't win with uh, Tuca can't win with all these guys, anyways. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. So I'll get to my reaction in a second, but I do want to get some details first. So Raz says he'll opt out of the NHL bubble, like you mentioned, and I'm sure you've heard if if you're following uh, hockey right now. Um, Raz says he will opt out. Um, he made some comments after game two, which um, I kind of regret my reaction to it because he said something like, it doesn't feel like playoff games without any fans. Um, I was like going a little bit crazy because I was like, yeah, no, it doesn't. Obviously, it doesn't feel like a playoff game without any fans. But like, you know, who also isn't playing without fans? The Carolina Hurricanes. And um, or the rest of the the league so I thought he was just making excuses and all that stuff and then um and then I find out that he um he uh he's opting out like just before all this stuff happens and I was just like oh wow okay <laughs> I guess um he has a he apparently has a um not apparently he, he his wife had a kid in May. They also have two young kids 
as well at home, so I imagine that's pretty tough for a single parent to take care of. Um, and without really knowing how long Tuca is going to be in Toronto for, so I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I, I feel like an asshole. I'm sorry, Tuca. I didn't realize. <laughs> um, but um, so I guess we can. I guess I'll go to Sweeney. Says that we understand completely where Tuca is coming from. I don't think it's any big surprise to us, to be honest with you. We're going to. We're, we're privy to this information maybe before the rest of the public is, and this has been a difficult decision for Tuca, but the Boston Bruins are in full support of why he made that decision. Um, I found it interesting that Rast didn't tell Cassidy and went straight to Sweeney. I feel like the coach should be in on that kind of situation, but then again, I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, and also, I found it interesting because I remember beforehand, I found it odd that the Bruins brought in like four or five goalies um, to the bubble. And I was thinking like, that's a little odd because it's like you would imagine they're just going to roll with Tuca and Halleck. But like, I guess that kind of supports the theory of or it supports what Sweeney was saying is that they already knew this was going to happen. Um, so... So, or this could be a possibility. Um, the one thing, uh, so I have two other thoughts and then I'll get to your thoughts too. Um, oh, three other thoughts. First off, um, it's thank God for Yaroslav Halak. I feel like he would be, um, he's a starter on a lot of other teams. Uh, so it's, it's good that like this doesn't completely blow our Stanley Cup chances um, and all that stuff. And he's... He's another big reason why, like, they won the the Jennings Trophy for a reason. He's a he's a good goalie, so I'm I feel confident with him in the future. Just as a Bruins fan, but even as an unbiased fan, I would tell Bruins fans to be confident in him. Uh, the second one, I was going to say that, like, yeah, it's it's kind of like I I kind of wish that Tuca like just opted out before all this stuff and so then we could get it away but I have a theory that I think what happened is is that he wanted to play because of his teammates and he wanted he didn't want to leave the teammates down or anything like that and then after game two and after those comments I like to think that maybe he's just thinking like I can't do this um, and, and if I continue to play like this, I just, I, I will, uh, ruin it for the Bruins. And so that's something that, that I respect and it's obviously a tough decision for him and all that stuff. So, so kudos for him for realizing that, uh, he just can't do it anymore. And so I respect that. Uh, I respect the hell out of him cause I don't know if I would do the same, um, either, um, and then I had another point, but maybe it'll come back to me uh, when you start speaking. So what are your thoughts? Well, first off, this is an easy situation for our, for anybody. Um, like if your loved one didn't want to go to work in such yeah. a dangerous climate where a virus could be easily transmitted, could potentially strike at any moment, perhaps even kill you or the ones you love, you would support your loved ones when they say, I don't know if I want to go to work. I don't want to put you guys in danger. So why does this stance have to change when a hockey player or any athlete is unsure of taking part? They have families just like us. Their parents are getting older. 
they're just average human beings. No matter what paycheck they get, no matter what kind of car they own or whatever house they own, they're human beings. Yeah. And if no one's calling us out, if we miss a day or several weeks of work because we don't feel comfortable going back in this kind of climate, um, why all of a sudden are the tables turned when it's an athlete? Mm -hmm. I mean, did anyone call Travis Tamnick out when he opted out? Right. Or when Good Carl Alsner opted out? No. So why all of a sudden when we're in the middle of playoff hockey, and I get we're in the middle of playoff hockey, it, it's a tie series at one. It's a best of five series now between Boston and Carolina. It's not like this is a Stanley Cup finals game. It's round one. They still have time to figure things out. They still have Yaroslav Halak. It's not like it's the end of the world. They can a adapt. And I've just seen a lot of varying opinions on this. Uh, Ty Anderson, a Bruins beat writer, um, made a good point in his recent Twitter thread. Steve Dangle, a Leafs fan that's sick and tired of his Leafs losing to the Bruins every year, is defending Rats to the ends of the earth. Mike Milbury, a current analyst and former NHL player, yeah. um, like you said, Brett, um, not really sure of um, Tukaras' decision. Could the timing be better? Maybe. Does it look odd that Rask bypassed his head coach and went straight to the GM to tell him he was going home? I think that's definitely strange. That's the only part of his reasoning that should be put into question. The dude tried to help his team. It didn't work out. I'm sure it wasn't an easy call. I respect the heck out of athletes when it comes to making tough decisions like this. This is about something bigger than hockey. Being a father and your family first. And this game is going to pass you by when you retire. But family is for life. And Tuca seems like a family man. And this is what he feels like is the right thing to do. Plus, what happens if the NHL goes with a subsidy format for all of next year? Depending on what the climate is, we don't know. It's January. It'll be cold and flu season. Who knows where we are in this pandemic? Hopefully, we're in a better place, but we don't know. Um, let's say they go with the Hub City plan because they think it's the best option available. Mm -hmm. And so far, compared to other leagues, it, I think it is the best option available, and it's a slam dunk. So let's say they go and they decide, okay, we're going to try and fit in the 82-game season plus in a typical playoff format just like any other year. Uh, Again, I've said many, many times, they're probably going to have to compromise at some point. But if they have whatever version of a season they have, and if they put in a hub city, um, at the end of the day, that means more time away with family. That means you can't travel. And he's going through this for like two months. What happens if we do this all of next season? He is going to be away from his family for more than just two months. It'll be six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. ten months. So I think, if anything, this pandemic has reminded us how precious time is. And Tukaras probably realizes, you know, if they go to if the league goes down this route for all of next season, yep. a good chunk of the next twelve months, I'll be on the road. I'll be away from my family. I just can't take that. I need to be with my family they're what Especially matters right now and we should yeah. be applauding athletes on these decisions no matter what road they choose to go on yeah. like how would you feel if you were in his shoes and felt it wasn't right to take part how would you feel if people attacked you for doing what you felt was right yeah i really really hope we don't take aim at another hockey player if he decides to do what tukaras does 
uh, or two grass did this year has no playbook whatsoever and these athletes deserve our support not our twitter anti bubble comments mm-hmm. like you look at what Tuka Rask has done for the Bruins and for this league in his first meaningful season 2009-2010 his first legit NHL season he was fourth in Calder voting seventh in Vesna voting 17th in Hart Trophy voting yeah. he sat fifth overall in Vesna voting in 2012-2013 Bruins went to the finals that year the very next season won the Vesna finished outside the top 10 list for Hart Trophy candidates I believe he was 11th that year Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017-18, seventh in votes for the NHL's top goalie. This year, shares the Jennings Trophy with Yaroslav Halak, landed a top three spot in Vesna voting. Yep. Do not give me this Tukaras BS that he's giving up on his team. That is totally inaccurate. I will not accept it. And we should be praising Tukaras for making a very, very tough decision. Yeah, he's also like, I mean, you can make a case that he's like the best Bruins goaltender that they've ever had. So, and that's saying a lot considering the Bruins have been around since the 1920s. So, um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, you know how I feel about Tuca. I, I wish that he uh, was around during this playoffs just so that we can shut up people like Michael Felger and Mike Milbury and all these other people to, uh, uh, who are, um, who, who don't think that uh, Tuca can uh, lead a team to the Stanley Cup. Um, so I guess we'll just have to wait another year for that. But Like, what if... Yeah. What if well, let's, let's, let's play devil's advocate. What if Patrice Bergeron was making this call? Do you think he would have gotten this type of backlash? No, I don't think so. I, I think Neither that's... What, I. Yeah. Um, but speaking of... I have a couple of things uh, that I, I guess I kind of forgot my point, but I do have a couple of things that I wanted to share from certain people. Uh, you mentioned Ty Anderson. Um, he has a good, reasonable, uh, he's he's a big time Tuka Rass supporter. He always fights with Michael Felger whenever um, Felger gets into these arguments or whatever. But anyways, uh, he was saying that it's not really our place to judge bubble experience players deciding he wants to be with family, but yes, would have been cool if those feelings were first expressed a bit sooner and not in post-game, not in a post-game Zoom, um, like Halleck hadn't even played in two weeks. But um, if a player is playing most, the most important position in the entire tournament comes to you and says, you know what, I don't have it, I can't do this, this is better than trying to play through it, sucking and truly costing your team a chance before it even starts. Which is, <laughs> remember that that's my biggest pet peeve of all time is if like if you're injured, don't play. <laughs> like if you know you're injured, don't play. Um, and then he says like those who don't like grass have another bullet in their chamber. This joins 2010, 2013, the 2014 Olympics, the 2016, and last year. I can't deny it, but if you think he can't deliver, you should be as happy he's not trying to deliver while mentally a billion miles away, which is completely reasonable. Um, so at the end of the day, the Bruins invested in Halleck for a reason. This wasn't how they drew it up, but it's it's his net now. He's caught fire for some good runs since coming here. Let's see what happens in 2020. Um, and then he uh, and then he was preparing for game th- um, game three. 
Uh, Patrice Bergeron, you mentioned him as well. He uh, said that obviously we're supporting him, we're behind him, and we understand family comes first. We've always said that. So um, I think uh, Yaroslav Halak, Chara, all, all those guys have all said similar things. So that's a nice thing to hear is that it's not like the players are publicly raging him. Um, <laughs> and like yeah. TJ Oshie of the Capitals. They're all on the side, yeah. He's got a young family on yeah. too. Right, right. I mean, all these guys have young families and all that stuff. Um, and then uh, lastly, uh, we, we mentioned Mike Milberry. He said that nobody, sim- nobody simply opted to leave the bubble just because they didn't want to be here and they needed to be with their family. I would not have done it. The rest of the league's players have not done it yet. So... Um, to that, uh, Mike Milbury is wrong, like he always is, because uh, you mentioned Travis Hamanick, you mentioned even a uh, Bruin, Stephen Camfer, um, also left because he has a family. Um, that's a mean compromise. So this is a weird situation, and it's like no one really knows how to deal with this whole thing. And yes, it's unfortunate as a Bruins fan, I would love to see Tukaras be um, a part of it and. I'll be upset um, when the Bruin, if the Bruins lose, uh, but I am happy that at least, like I, I'm like as a Bruins fan, I'm sad and disappointed. But as a person, a human being, um, I'm proud of him because uh, I don't think this this was clearly a tough situation. Um, yep, yeah, and I think it's it's like and anyone who's giving Tugaras shit. Um, is a horrible human being, honestly. Uh, they don't understand humans, I feel like. So um, I know that's a hot take and all that stuff, but I, I truthfully believe that, that they don't have empathy and all that stuff. So, um, Yeah, like every single athlete yeah. is going out there for your entertainment to play right. for you, and they don't have to. Yeah. And there are some that have said, look, my family comes first, I'm not doing this, and that's yeah. totally cool. And every everyone seemed okay with like not judging people who decide to skip out but again middle of the playoffs all of a sudden then it becomes a big deal again like he, the dude tried you yeah. know he, 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 gave, he gave it his best it just didn't work out he was doing it with every single best intention mm-hmm. in his and the fiber of his human being he was doing his best to help his team and you know what he realized before it was too late okay it's not working i gotta get out of here right and like no, it's so, sometimes things don't work out the way you want it to and like ty anderson said like you would rather have that than like just have him be mentally out of it and and yeah, cost like, the bruins the series so i've seen yeah. tuka rask after a loss I've seen him mad. Yep. And the fact that that he made those comments after game two, I'm just like, something's not right with Tuca. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but he doesn't sound right at all. Just yeah. Like, me- mentally, just like his vibes overall. Yep. And you look at the Columbus Tampa series, like, they don't care if they're fans in the stands. They're going all out. Right. You know? Carolina. So, that was my whole thing. At the end of the day, you, you yep. want to give your team the best chance, but you, you also. Um, need to realize when it's when it's time to step aside because the last thing you want is this dragging into next year because then you've yeah. got a bigger problem as it drags into next year. Right, right, true. And I like during the time I was, I was just upset as a as a Bruins fan. It's like if you're not <laughs> like if you're not mentally prepared for it, what are you even doing here, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I was just like, little did I know that he was about to do. He was about to take my advice. So. 
Um, so I, I'm, I, so I feel like a horrible human being, but I hopefully, if Tuka, you're listening to this, I doubt you are, but if you are, um, I sincerely apologize, uh, for my thoughts. Um, and, uh, good on you for taking care of your family. I, I could, I mean, I'm not a parent, obviously, but I, I couldn't imagine, like, like, taking care of, like, three young kids all, all at once for about months on end, so I can understand what he's going through, and, and, um, good on him for realizing that he can't do this, so. Yeah, like, yeah. Tim Thomas, the, part of the reason why Tuka became the number one goalie in Boston as soon as he did is because yep. Tim Thomas wanted to be with his family. Yep. So why is it all of a sudden like a big deal when Tuka Rask decides to do the same thing that Tim Thomas did and be yeah. with his family? I, I just don't get it. Uh, there's a Bruins uh, Twitter guy who's very funny. He's Mike from Woburn. Uh, he, he said he made a joke here. Let me try to pull it up. But he said something along the lines, I can't find it, but I, I will eventually. Uh, he says, for anyone who, uh, let me see if I can find it, actually. Okay, for all those people who wanted Tuka Rast to be more like Tim Thomas, you got your wish. Let's go, Halleck. <laughs> uh, so, it's just like, <laughs> which I thought was funny, because it's like, <laughs> they, they mean that in terms of like performing in the playoffs, but yeah. not... The taking uh, a couple of games off, um, so for mentally mental illness. So I thought that was a good one. But anyways, in, yeah. In fairness, he's been to more finals than Tim Thomas. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Two, uh, and he was with Tim Thomas in 2011 when they went to the finals. I also like. I think he's. I have to look this up. So maybe I'll I'll get to you later. But I believe. Um. Actually, I don't want to say it because I, I believe something to do with it. I think he, he's close he's like second all time in playoffs in one category but I don't want to say a wrong stat so I'll look this up when you're when you're talking a lot um okay. <laughs> so um so also uh Pasternak also is out for the second game uh Cassidy said that he's 50-50 uh to return um for game four, but it looked like uh, they didn't need him in game three. Uh, speaking of which, Chara um, and Svechnikov uh, got into an altercation. It looked like Chara may have tripped Svechnikov. Um, I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can. It did look pretty bad from Chara's point of view, but I don't know if it was intentional. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets suspended, but at the same time, I'm not sure if they're even going to get a hearing yet so that's something to keep in mind um yeah but like I, I feel like we did the same for Shafley um a couple weeks ago so I wanted to do some notes on the series as well um so this leads us to our first question here can the Bruins go far in the playoffs without Rask in net I'll, I'll let you go first while I look this up all right, well, the good news is, like you said, they have Yaroslav Halak between the pipes with Dan Balader serving as his backup for the time being. Um, so can they survive? It's tough to say. Carolina's a good team. There are a lot of good teams in the mix that could give the Bruins a run for their money if they survive the first round. Uh, but at the same time, Halak has performed well in the playoffs before. In fact, exactly 10 years ago, 
The Montreal Canadiens made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They upset a destructive Washington Capitals offense during the opening round. I believe that Capitals team scored like over 300 goals that year. Their record in the regular season was pretty insane. They had the tandem of Jose Theodore and Simeon Barlamov in uh, in the net. And um, they were rolling with both guys. Both guys put up pretty good regular season numbers. Down 3-1 in the series, the Habs force Game 7. They win Game 7 on enemy soil. Then they go to Round 2 to throw in the defending champions in Pittsburgh during a seventh game. Uh, the run sadly ended when Montreal lost in five games to Philadelphia. The key thing to remember about this run, Carey Price wasn't behind this. It was Yaroslav Halak. Carey yeah. Price was a spectator for most of it. And uh, during that 2010 run with the Canadians, uh, here is how Halak did he started 18 games, went 9-9, nine and nine, 2.55 GAA, pretty respectable, 923 save percentage, turning aside 519 of 562 shots that he faced. That's an average of 32.1 shots per appearance uh, during this run. Uh, ranked 6th in save percentage when his team was on the penalty kill. That's uh, 892 save percentage on the penalty kill. And on the list of five goalies ahead of him in that category, the netminder who faced the most shots was Michael Layton of the Philadelphia Flyers. He faced 61 shots over 14 games when uh, the Flyers were killing penalties. Um, the 2010 Flyers, as you know, went to the Stanley Cup Finals, and that team had Chris Pronger patrolling the blue line. Halak is only one of two goalies to boast at least 100 penalty kill shots faced during the 2010 playoffs. The other was Antti Niemi, who won the, who won the Cup with the Chicago Blackhawks that same year. Yaroslav Halak, per game, averaged 6.16 shots faced on the penalty kill. Tuka Rask, that's in that playoff run, and appeared in 13 games for the Boston Bruins. His average penalty kill shots faced was 4.61. So again, I repeat, Halak faced 6.16 shots per game when the other team was on the power play. And... The five guys ahead of him in terms of uh, save percentage on the penalty kill, none of them faced 70 shots, and he he faced 111 shots when the Canadians were killing penalties uh, during that playoff run. Over his entire postseason career, Halak has appeared in 31 games in that stretch. He composed a record of 13 and 16, not bad. 9.22 save percentage, though, and his GA was 2.45. Um, so, in my opinion, the Bruins are in pretty good hands. I would argue their defense and their overall team in 2020 yep. is better than the Habs from 10 years ago. So, there's no doubt they still have a shot. Yeah, I was about to say, I know, like, I guess... Well, first off, Yaroslav Halak had his own... Uh, he had his own, like, he had a really good season this year for the Bruins. Um, he had a 919 save percentage and um, a GAA of 2.39. Um, so, uh, this year in 30, in tw 31 games. So, um, that's, that's pretty good. Um, and, you know, as he's a co uh, leader in the Jennings Award. So, uh, we are in good hands. And as you mentioned, he did lead the team. Uh, the Montreal team when um, in 2009-2010, uh, that was the year when we all thought the Washington Capitals would go far, um, mm -hmm. and uh, Halleck was like a brick wall. 
uh, during that time. Um, the only thing that's interesting about that is that was 10 years ago. Uh, now Yaroslav Falak is 34 years old. He has a bit more experience with it. Um, his other times, um, he was uh, he was in St. Louis, um, where he only played two games for, um, and then he was in the Islanders uh, three years later, um, where he played seven games for it, but he didn't win that series. Um, so, so he does have some playoff experience. Um, however, he has he's only gone on a run only once um, in the. Five years he's been there um, as the main goalie, um, and I think like maybe two years really, because um, he he's not usually like the starter starter. Um, he hasn't been for I guess only during his Islanders time and his Montreal time. Um, so I I think he's still in good hands because he is a very good goalie still, or he's at least a capable goalie. Um, I think I'd also be a little bit more concerned with Pasternak being out, um, because he is, like, Pasternak might be our best player. Um, obviously you still have Bergeron, you still have, uh, Brad Marchand, you still have, um, you know, a bunch of depth guys, depth guys like Charlie Coyle, who's on another level now. Charlie McAvoy's finally putting up points, and Tory Krug's another one. Uh, Charo's good on defensively. Carlo's also good defensively. Um, and and David Krejci, I forgot how good he is in the playoffs. I think he has like 150 points in the playoffs or something like that. So, um, And you also know your team is pretty good when guys like Chris Wagner and Sean Corrali are yeah. coming up with big plays too. So, so yes, I do think the Bruins can still go far without Tuca. Um, it's just a little bit more of a question mark because I'm not sure how consistent Yaroslav Halak can be on a consistent basis uh, because, like, this year he was playing every, like, two games or so, uh, whereas now he has to be relied on every single game. So that's, mm -hmm. that's the big question mark, but at the same time, it's like the Bruins have a good offense, they have a good defense, um, so even if Halak is struggling... There's, they still have a pretty good chance of winning um, every game. So um, I think they, they still have a good chance of it. Obviously, it's a little bit less because Tuka Rask is an important piece, so I don't want to let that get, get in the way. But um, I think um, it could happen where the Bruins still win the Cup with um, Halleck um, in net as the, as the main guy. So... Yeah, um, and if yeah. you look at Game Three, that's a positive sign because, like, yep. the Bruins were outshot fifteen to seven in the opening twenty minutes. Halak stood his ground. Full credit to him. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the second and the third period, and Boston just took it to Carolina. Yep. They outshot them by at least a two to one margin, and they won the game. Yep. And the reason they were able to do that is because Halak did his job in the first twenty minutes, and he gave him the chance. So yeah, um, he he can definitely do it. There's no question. It's just you're right, Brett, the consistency. Throughout yeah. his career, I think Olak has played better when he's been rested. Now that he doesn't have as much rest and he's the guy, the challenge is going to be what can he do on short rest. Yep. Um, especially, like, for like I know the Bruins won uh, game three, so that was good and a much-needed win, especially mm -hmm. with without Pasternak, but Pasternak. Um, but... 
So so that's good, but like still, you're gonna have to win two two more games with um, against a very good Carolina Hurricanes team, even without Sveshnikov. That's yeah, gonna be because like be Sebastian Ajo entering game yeah. three was on a five game point streak and he put up ten points in that span. Yeah, and Tavo Teravainen is also uh, someone mm-hmm. you shouldn't mess with. They have Vincent Trocheck now somehow, um, so it's like, uh, yeah, and and Dougie Hamilton killed us in game in game two. Sorry, I keep on saying we and us, but um, you know I'm a part of the team. I don't know. Used to be yeah. Bruin. Yeah, it used to be brewing. Um, anyways, while I was while you were talking, I looked this up. Tugarask is ninth all time in playoffs um, for save percentage. Uh, he has a nine two five save percentage. However, when I was looking at the list of all the guys who are ahead of him, Mike Smith leads the league in our leads all time players, a uh, number one. Um, which is interesting because he, I guess it was that, just that one run when he was in Arizona. Tim Thomas is number two. Jonas Hiller is number three. Craig Anderson's number four. Olive Golzig is number five. Braden Holby is number six, although I imagine um, he'll probably be less on this list now. Uh, Patrick Laleem also ties with Braden Holby. And then Ben Bishop is just ahead of Tuka Rask on this list, which is. Just an interesting factoid for anyone um, who knows yeah. anything. I mean, like, but, you, yeah. you take a look at you take a look at huge like playoff goalies that can yeah. perform and like win games, and probably the rhetoric against Tuca is like he's been to like two finals as a starter and he's lost both of them. One of which was in Game Seven. I'm yep. just thinking, well. Henrik Lundqvist hasn't won a Stanley Cup. Curtis Joseph hadn't won yep. a Stanley Cup, and yet. A lot of people look at them and say they were one. They were one heck of a, a crop of goal. Uh, like in terms of like their generation of goalies, like they were right up there with yeah. the best. Like they're one. They're one. Um, they're they're one of the best ultimately. And right. Like there are, there are goalies that have won Stanley Cups where you go, oh really? I didn't know he won a Stanley Cup. And you look at his numbers and you're just like. Ugh, there are a lot of goalies above him on that list. So yeah, it not necessarily. It's not necessarily expected where the best players are going to win the team trophies every single time. There are a yeah. lot of great players that never won a Stanley Cup. It's it's just that simple. Yeah, uh, this is uh, um, and also not to mention like I think. So I, I looked here. Tuka Rass has played 93 playoff games. I think all the other ones are not really close. Braden Holby has 94. Ben Bishop has only been in 51 playoff games, which I thought was a little bit surprising. Um, but like all these other ones that I see, I guess Tim Thomas has been in a lot too. So like you also have to keep that in mind. Like he's played in 95 playoff games as well, and he he still has really good numbers uh for for a goalie um so that's impressive as well um yeah and like he single-handedly uh swept the penguins in 2013 i know that's uh um uh, it was a long time ago but it's still like very impressive because that was at the height of their powers um okay um is this the beginning of the end for Rask in Boston? I guess we can kind of combine these questions together because they're pretty similar. 
Um, earlier this year, people questioned if Rass was going to retire. I believe um, there was like he even mentioned it publicly that he he might retire um, in twenty twenty one. He becomes a UFA in another year, so he has one more year left on his contract. Sweeney did say that he expects Rask um, next year. Um, so, uh, do you think that he could retire after this contract ends? I guess I'll answer this because you did the other one first. Um, okay. Also, I've just seen here that Dallas just tied up the flames here 4-4 now with two minutes left. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, I think the yeah, this might be the beginning of the end. I I would imagine that, like, if, however, like, I, in terms of retirement, I'm not necessarily sure he's going to retire right away. He might, um, he's only 34 years old, which isn't, like, I mean, obviously that's not young, but it's not old either. Um, so I could see him still being there again. Um, I think it... But I, I will say though, because of those comments where he doesn't like, he does it doesn't feel like a regular season game. It just feels like an exhibition game, and he doesn't like not having fans there, um, and he just doesn't want that. So if there's, which is very likely, is going to happen next season. So I could see this being like having a psychological effect on him um, to begin with, and if he was already considering retirement even with fans in the stands, uh, this isn't ha helping matters um, a lot when it when it happens. So I feel like he, I optimistically, I'm hoping that he does come back um, and is like, is in top shape, but I think a lot of it has to do with um, what's, what's gonna be the status next season, because I don't think they're gonna have fans next year either. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's, it's a way to play it by ear. Um, and then in terms of like the future, there is Jeremy Swayman who had like, who broke a lot of college records as a goalie this year for University of Maine. He's gonna play, I guess, uh, next year in the AHL if there is gonna be an AHL season, but um, I would like to see what happens with him in Providence before I truly get excited for him. But, uh, the Bruins also have this guy named Danny Vladar, um, who, who actually had a pretty good season for Providence this year. He had, in 25 games, he had a 1.79 GAA and a save percentage of 9.36. So that's pretty good. Um, so um, I, I, I would imagine that in the short term, they'll stick with Yaroslav Falak until his contract ends. And then um, they'll decide to see if Danny... Vladar or Jeremy Swayman are the guy um, and they could just be a duo um, I could see that happening because that seems to be the the mixture of it um, I however to answer your question I don't think he's going to retire but I wouldn't be surprised if he does um, I'll be sad because I, I love watching him play I've watched his entire career um, and he's, you know, um, he's a big reason why the Bruins are where they are right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll miss him, but um, I guess you have to do what you got to do. So I'll respect his choices if he does do that. So, um, yeah. 
Uh, before I uh, weigh in, I will uh, let you know. Apparently, Dallas had that goal called back, so uh, oh, Calgary is that. leading with uh, less than a minute left in the third. Yeah. I don't know why it was called back, but uh, the score reads four three Flames. Just so interesting. You know. Okay. Although, well, I guess uh, Dallas yeah. has pulled their goalie, so yeah. they're it's going possible. for the equalizer now. Yeah. I, 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 while I was talking, I wasn't even paying attention. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, have it on my, I have it on my phone, just keep yeah. you a watchful eye on it. I'm, a, I'm watching it on a TV here, so. <laughs> yeah, speaking of goaltending performances, Cam Talbot looking pretty yeah, good. Yeah, he's looking pretty Holding good, it's true. Um, yeah, so is this beginning of the end for Tukin Beantown? I, too soon to tell. Um, like we said, got one more year left on his deal before he's a free agent in 2021. At that time, he's going to be 34 years of age. You'll have guys like Freddie Anderson on the open market, Jordan Bennington on the open market, Andy Rance on the open market, just to name a few. Um, it all depends on what the Bruins' game plan is for keeping the core together. They have, like you said, Kyle Kaiser, Jeremy Swayman, uh, Dan Blatter, uh, great season in Providence in his own right. Um, I think Tuka's future beyond 2021 won't be impacted by this decision alone. And... Um, uh, the amount of time he wants to spend with his family, it won't be impacted by his desire to play. It's going to depend on a lot of factors, not just this one. Um, but I do think the next four to six months are going to play a huge factor in ultimately what he does after his contract ends. Um, I all, all, Ultimately, it wouldn't surprise me if he retires. I mean, like I said, Tuka's career, with the exception of no Stanley Cups, He's, it's gone pretty well. He doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. He's one of the best boys of his generation. Um, it ultimately uh, determines on if he has a passion to play the game still. And yeah. if he doesn't, and the passion's not there, um, then obviously do what you, you do is best, Tuca. But um, again, uh, it ultimately wouldn't surprise me if he calls it quits just based on this alone. Like, if, if family's that important to him and he feels that's where his priorities need to be, um, it wouldn't surprise me if he walks away for potentially another four or five years that he could be playing hockey. So, um, but I think if he retires, he won't come back. There won't be a comeback of sorts. Um, if he retires, he knows it's time. Yeah. I mean, I imagine this decision overall was like a tough decision on him in his own right. And I, it's not an easy one clearly um, because it's like, you have to choose between work and family um, and family always comes first. So, um, and you, and you want to yeah. have fun while going to work and, and doing yeah. your job. And I think having fun is a, is a big part and it's hard to have fun when you've got stuff like yeah. missing family on your mind. You know? Exactly. And I mean, like, in, in the grand scheme of things, like, I, I had someone, like, because I, I, I belong to this fantasy hockey group, and I had one person who, I guess I changed his mind, but um, he came to me and he was saying that, like, it seemed like Tuka is a quitter on the team, and then I, like, he said that, like, if I came into work every day um, and just told my boss that I, I don't, like, I, I can't do this, I have to quit and leave... Um, you know, his boss would be furious. And I was just saying, like, well, yeah, well, first off, <laughs> like, sports, like, sports exist just for purely our entertainment. So it's, like, it's completely different than than um, than a, a normal job. 
And secondly, even if, like, even if that were the case, your boss, like, should be, like, accepting of your mental health and, like, and would know that, like, okay, if he can't, if he feels like he can't do that, that's an honorable thing to do. Um, so, um, I found it funny like that. And also, I guess I'm become the, the Bruins fan, um, <laughs> cause I also had another person who, uh, reached out to me cause he was wondering if, uh, if he should, uh, consider Danny Vladar or Jeremy Swayman, um, in the goalie future and if Tuka is actually going to retire. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, I guess I've become the Bruins guru here. Um, and all that stuff, but, um, it's, um, I, I think that's a good way of, uh, closing it here. Um, uh, just an FYI, uh, the Stars pull their goalie and Pavelski gets the hat-trick to tie the game and force overtime. Okay, my, my TV wasn't working, so I, I turned yeah. it off, but I'll watch overtime at the end of this. Um, yeah, so... That about does it for us. Um, uh, stay safe, everyone. Um, and uh, good on you, Tuca, as well. I think that's the big takeaway is we're in full support of Tuca um, in this. Uh, so, yeah, good on him. Um, yeah, that's about does it, though. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud and Spotify and iTunes at Lace Em Up. Our Facebook is Lace Them Up as well. Our Twitter, which I guess we occasionally update every now and then, um, is Lace Up Podcast um, on Twitter. And that's about it. I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode 233, where we will likely break down what happened in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs on the Lace Them Up Podcast.